0: All right, turn in your Bible with me, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 4, and we are going to continue in our series, this is part 5, of Get Wisdom, the series we've been calling Get Wisdom. And tonight's title in particular is really good. So The subtitle of tonight's Get Wisdom is Shut Up. How do you like that? Go to church to hear shut up. Alright, let's start in uh, Proverbs chapter 4. So tonight's sermon may not be the kind that makes you run, shout, and jump in the aisles, but it's very, very necessary for us. And I don't know of a time in history that it wasn't nece- this sermon isn't necessary. <clears throat> so in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 1, "...listen, sons, to a father's discipline, and pay attention so that you may gain understanding." And I'm reading in the uh, CSB if you are putting the Scripture up on the screen. For I am giving you good instruction. Don't abandon my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender and precious to my mother, he taught me and said, Your heart must hold on to my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Don't forget to turn away or turn away from the words of my mouth. Don't abandon wisdom, and she will watch over you. Love her, and she will guard you. Wisdom is supreme, so get wisdom. And whatever else you get, get understanding. So we are told repeatedly to get wisdom. And this this is not... He didn't say beg for wisdom. He didn't say plead for wisdom. He didn't say hope you'll get wisdom. No, Mark 11.24 says... Anything that you ask, believe that you have received it already and it will be yours. And so we're just believing that when we ask the Lord for wisdom, He'll do just as He promised and He gives it to us, so we lay hold of it and we say, okay, that wisdom now belongs to me. It's mine. All the wisdom I need for life and godliness belong to me and are now within me. And we lay hold, we get it. You know, getting it implies intentional effort intentional effort not just waiting for it to fall on you or to stumble across it or you know most of us we just like we'd rather someone have a word of the Lord and come up to us and give us a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom and and that's great when that happens however most of the time it's going to come to us because we pursue the Lord's wisdom and when you're in his presence guess what you'll hear his wisdom it's hard to hear the sermon when you're not at church It's hard to hear the wisdom of the Lord when you're not with Him, right? So we have to be with Him, and that's part of our getting wisdom is simply pursuing the Father. Draw near to Him, and He will draw near to you. And when He comes near, man, suddenly you know things that you just didn't know before. And your mind expands. So why is wisdom supreme? We asked this last week, or the week before, I'm sorry, last week we had Prophet Bob here with us. Um, so the week before, we'd ask, why is wisdom supreme? And we'd looked in Ephesians chapter 5 and we had seen why. Because in, in verses 15 through 17, he said, pay careful attention then to how you walk. Not as unwise people, but as wise. Remember, what are we talking about? We're talking about the wisdom of God and walking as wise people. So he's saying, pay careful attention that you walk as wise people. Making the most of your time because these days are evil. So don't be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. So we recognize that wisdom is knowing the will of God for us. Wisdom is having the knowing what God's will is about a situation. That is the wisdom of God. Now you can operate and function in faith for that thing. And you know what the Lord wants and so His wisdom flows freely to you. You know, you and I have been given um, the Bible and we're really without excuse we have so much wisdom in the Bible. His Word brings wisdom and life to us. And if we go to the beginning of, of the book of Proverbs, it says this book of Proverbs is given for you to get wisdom. It's given for wisdom, given for instruction, given for knowledge. And Scripture says that the Queen of Sheba, remember her? You know, she came and, and she sought out and asked Solomon all these questions. It says not one question that she asked him, he couldn't answer it. And I don't know about you, but I could come up with some real doozies of a question. And I'm sure she could too, because she was pretty intelligent herself. And so she asked all these questions, and it says that Solomon explained everything from trees and plants and insects, and like all these things. He understood how they worked and functioned. And this was the wisdom of God working in him. But then Jesus turned, and he said to the people in his day, especially the Pharisees, the religious folk, he said, it's going to be better for her, the queen of Sheba, than it is for you all. And they were in the presence of Jesus. He said, because she's going to stand up at the judgment day and condemn all of y'all because she came from the end of the earth to get wisdom. And here wisdom is staring you in the face and you guys are rejecting it. And so let's not be like them. Let's be like the Queen of Sheba and go to the ends of the earth for God's wisdom and God's knowledge, for God's understanding. One of the things that we had learned and looked at um, two weeks ago was we saw that there's three things, and when we're getting wisdom, there's three methods by which wisdom um, come to us. Not the only three, just these are three common methods. Instruction is one of the ways we get wisdom, and you read that in the Proverbs. Correction is one of the ways that wisdom comes to us. And rebuke. Is another way that wisdom comes to us, life-giving rebuke. You know, there's, there's wrong rebuke, don't misunderstand me. But even in wrong rebuke, there's probably something in it that you can learn. You know, I, I said this, I've, I've heard it said by others, but your enemies are willing to tell you things that your friends aren't. So when they speak, even when it's not life-giving rebuke, right, intended to build you up, but rather it's intended to hurt you, listen to it, take it to the Lord, and let the Lord lay it out to you how it should be laid out. And then if the other stuff isn't of the Lord, you reject it. Proverbs fifteen thirty one um, and through 33 say this, the one who listens to life-giving rebukes will be at home among the wise. If he listens to life-giving rebukes, you'll be at home among the wise. Anyone who ignores discipline despises himself. But whoever listens to correction, that means listening to, Intelligently. Listening to understand and do. Listening to grow. Whoever listens to correction acquires good sense. The fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches and humility comes before honor. You know, Your humility is your protection from deception, from pride and from destruction. We determined that the word wisdom, it means we saw the meaning of it. It means uh, skillful in, in Scripture. That's what the word literally means is skillful, skillfully. Using knowledge skillfully is one of the ways that we described it. And in Ecclesiastes 8 verse 5 gives a really good definition of it. It says a wise heart knows the right time and procedure. The wise heart knows the right time and the right way. The the Good News Bible says it this way. A wise person knows how and when to do it. The Amplified says a wise man's mind will know both when and what to do. Is timing really important to do the right thing? Yeah, absolutely. It can make all the difference between success or no success. You can have the right method, but you put it at the wrong time and it's complete failure. Now, we're going to go into or further into this subject tonight, and we're going to talk in particular about our tongue. You know, there's a time to talk, and there's a time to be quiet. There's a time to listen, there's a time to speak. And we're not supposed to just say everything that we know. A lot of disputes and fights and strife come from people simply talk, 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 talking, and they don't stop when things start to go bad it's time probably to shut up, right? But instead, it get, keeps getting pushed and people think, well, yeah, but I know this and I know that. and Well, we're not supposed to say everything that we know. How many know that just because you know it doesn't mean you should tell it? <clears throat> Proverbs 11.13, you don't need to turn there. I'll just read it. It says, a talebearer reveals secrets. A talebearer reveals secrets. The talebearer is not someone who's telling lies. It's someone that's saying true stories, slander? Did you hear what so and so did? A talebearer tells secrets, reveals secrets, but he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a matter. You know, there. If you tell someone that, well, if someone comes to you and says, you know, don't tell anybody this, and you agree not to tell anybody, then who can you tell and still keep your word? <laughs> See, it's real easy, isn't it? Nobody. But a lot of people have, well, my, my spouse, my best friend, my this, my that, you know, and I'll tell them not to tell everyone, and anybody, you know, and it just keeps going down the line. Now, is there a time that you should break your word if you were to tell someone, agree that, no, I won't tell anyone that. You know, someone comes to you and says, yeah, I'm planning on bombing the church building." After you've told them that you're not going to tell anyone, what should you do? Should you break your word? Of course you should. There's a higher law in effect now. And so we are going to, as wise people, grow in discernment and knowing when should I talk and when should I just shut up? I figured I'd get a whole lot more amens than that, but I guess you all are discerning it's time for you to be quiet. Is that it? See, if you desire to be used by God, we have to be trustworthy and we have to grow in these things. You know, a word of knowledge given can be very, very useful. How many of you have have benefited from a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom that the Lord gave to you? Yeah, absolutely. It's been huge for me. And yet, is there a right time to deliver that word of knowledge? You know, just because you get a word of knowledge for someone else doesn't mean you're supposed to tell it. You now know something, but now the next question is, Lord, what do you want me to do with that? Am I just supposed to pray about this situation? Am I supposed to cover it in prayer? Am I supposed to go to them? What would you have me to do about it? Let's, let's go over to Acts chapter 8. And I'll show you an example of someone who walked in wisdom. And he was hearing from the Lord. In Acts chapter 8, in verse 26. Now, remember, the context here... Is, so we're going to talk about Philip... Philip is at a place where there's a great move of God going on. I mean, all kinds of people are getting born again. People are being healed. There's miracles. There's Talk about an exciting... I mean, this is the place to be. Everyone is coming to this area. They're not leaving it, right? It's the hot spot. So in the middle of all of that, in verse 26, it says, An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Get up and go south to the road. That goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. Hold it. What are you saying, Lord? I should leave revival? I should leave this great move of God? I can't be hearing from the Lord. That angel probably need to just bind it and tell it to be quiet, right? And besides, get up and go out to the desert. Well, that's not even enough instruction. I mean, for how long, Lord? Am I supposed to pack one suitcase or two? And you didn't tell me what I'm going to do once I get out there. And and which end of the desert am I supposed to go? And and how am I even going to get out there? I mean, am I going to get a rent a donkey? (laughs) Am I going to hitch a ride on someone's cart? Am I going to walk? I mean, Lord, you didn't give me very many instructions here. You just gave me kind of an open-ended... Besides that, it's dangerous out there. There's bandits. I'm going to be thirsty. There's heat. There's snakes. I mean, that's enough for some people to go, all right, I'm out, I'm done. <laughs> Come on, Lord, I know you're smarter than that. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll obey you, Lord, I'll obey you, but first give me more instruction. See, I'm right in some of y'all's wheelhouse right now. Right? We've done it. Okay, okay, Lord, but, but, but what's the next step? After you tell me at least three or four steps, now I have the understanding... That I need rather than just obeying. No, that's not what he did. He got up and went. He was quick to obey. He goes, and in verse 27, there was an Ethiopian man, a eunuch, and high official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to worship in Jerusalem, and he was sitting in his chariot on his way home reading the prophet Isaiah aloud. Now, this is the scene. I don't know if Philip is walking along the road or if he's sitting under, you know, a little bit of shade that he could find, but he's out in the desert. Here goes a chariot and he hears this guy reading from the book of Isaiah. And about that time, the spirit of the God, spirit of God speaks to Philip and says, what does he say to him? He says, go and join that chariot. So does he have, he had a, he has a word of wisdom right now on what he's supposed to do. Go join the chariot. So Philip runs up to the chariot and he said, Hey, yea, thus saith the Lord. He said, I'm supposed to ride with you. No, that's not what he said at all. But see, a lot of us, when we get something from the Lord, we're not using wisdom because we just immediately want to go deliver it or blurt it out. Maybe it's not the right time to blurt it out. You know, timing makes an immense difference, especially in a marriage relationship. Timing makes immense difference in being able to receive something or not. Instead of just going ahead and saying it right now when tensions are a little bit high, if you would wait a week and then ask a gentle question, it would probably be very different, right? I mean, we've all done it. We've lived it. At least I have. Am I the only one in here that's... So he gets a word of the Lord. The Spirit of God's directing him. Go join the chariot. So now he needs wisdom on, okay, Lord, I understand what I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to go over there. He needs discernment and the wisdom of God now at operation. How is he going to carry this out? He can't just walk up to an official of Ethiopia who runs the treasury. Yeah, I'll bet this bandit wants to ride in the chariot with me. Probably wants to rob me, right? So he has to use wisdom. And so it says in verse 27, or in uh, in verse thirty, when Philip ran up to him, he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, "Do you understand what you're reading?" asks him a question. See, he's using wisdom, wisdom, and it's just going to open it all right up to him. <clears throat> Remember that in Ecclesiastes that verse: a wise heart knows the right time and procedure. And it's not about knowing it before you set out to go do it. Right? He went to the chariot, and as he went, suddenly it occurred to him how what he should ask. And so then Philip, I mean the eunuch, he says, "Well, how can I unless someone guides me?" So he invited Philip up to come sit with him, and so Philip explains the gospel to him, and this guy ends up getting born again and and baptized right there, and. and Irenaeus, the early church father, he lived between 130 and 202 AD, he wrote that the eunuch actually returned to Ethiopia and became a missionary to his own people there. All because someone got a word of the Lord but didn't just run away with it, actually walked it out in wisdom on how to accomplish it, right? Right? Ecclesiastes says in verse in chapter 3, verse 7, it says, a time, There's a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak. Proverbs 27 14 If one blesses his neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be counted as a curse to him. Is there a right time? Yeah, right? To say hello. Is there a right time and a place to be loud? Yeah. Right now is not the time to be real loud. A little bit later in our worship where we're singing songs to the Lord, yeah, it's time to be loud. Let's go to Proverbs 18. See, if we're going to walk in the wisdom of God, one of the things that we have to do is we have to read the Proverbs. The book was given to us to have wisdom and... (laughs) You know, Jesus said about the Queen of Sheba, she came from the end of the earth. What we've been given, we don't have to go anywhere. We can crack Proverbs on your phone. Um, You know, how many Bibles do you have at your house? You know, you probably, well, I don't know if you have as many as Apostle Dale or not, but I'm trying to catch up with him. But my point is, is we're without excuse. We can grow in wisdom and read And gather wisdom. Proverbs 18, verse 2. So we're going to read a lot of Scripture tonight. It says, A a fool does not delight in understanding, but only wants to show off his opinions. A fool does not delight in understanding, only wants to show off his opinions. A characteristic of immaturity and youth is talkativeness. That's a characteristic of of immaturity, right? A two-year-old, three-year-old, little jabbering. We don't expect more from them, but they don't know the right time to be quiet a lot of times. Right? And if you have children, you know what I'm talking about. You can be in the middle of something that's pretty intense and suddenly a child comes up and they're not thinking about it, what you're dealing with and how your day may be going. All they're thinking about is whatever is on their mind in the moment. And really that youthfulness, it's often just self-centeredness in us adults when we're doing the same thing because we're thinking only about ourselves. But if we would begin thinking about the person we're about to, is this a good time to talk to them? I mean, I've had people come up to me just as the service is about to start and say some of the most outlandish things and have these questions and things, and it's like, you know, come to me after the service and we'll talk about it. And, um, and you know, there's a right time for everything. There's there's also a wrong time for those things. Practice that in prayer. When you pray, um, ask instead of coming to the Lord with all the things you want to talk about. I mean, because let's just get this straight: when you sit with the wise, who should do the most talking? The wise one, and the one that's less wise should just shut up. Maybe ask some questions, but. Find out what the wise person actually would like to talk about. And when we're with the Lord, we should do the same thing. Ask Him what He'd like to talk about. Lord, what should I pray? Rather than just coming with all my whole list of needs and wants like that three-year-old that's just being self-centered, and allow the wisdom of God to get a hold of us. In 18.2, in in God's Word translation, it says, A fool does not find joy in understanding, but only in expressing his own opinion. Have any of you ever heard someone like that? The Passion translation, Senseless people find no pleasure in acquiring true wisdom, for all they want to do is impress you with what they know. Proverbs 12.23, A shrewd person conceals knowledge. We're going to come right back to Proverbs 18 so you can stay there. A shrewd person conceals knowledge, but a foolish heart publicizes stupidity. So if a shrewd person conceals knowledge, to answer that, if a wise man is, is holding knowledge, how do we get it out? Well, Proverbs 25 tells us. It says, counsel in a person's heart is deep water, but a person of understanding draws it out. So you need even wisdom and understanding to be able to draw the depth of their wisdom out and grow from it. And so ask the Lord for that. And He said, I'll give it without criticizing or finding fault how you used it last time, right? That's in James. He gives it liberally. And abrades not. All right, let's look in verse 4 of chapter 18. The words of a person's mouth are deep waters, a flowing river, a fountain of wisdom. It is not good to show partiality to the guilty, denying an innocent person justice. A fool's lips lead to strife, and his mouth provokes a beating. (laughs) Have you ever seen someone like that? Their mouth just provokes a beating. A good beating for them would just be healthy. Seven, a fool's mouth is his devastation. Yeah, because he just won't shut up. He got his beating, see? His mouth is his devastation, and his lips are a trap for his life. Did you know the words that you lay out, they lay and wait for you, whether they're good or bad? And the fool lays words out like, you know, every year in the month of March, I get the flu. Just language like that. And they're laying their future and how it's going to be, and they can say, well, yeah, well, I do every year. Well, yeah, maybe you did, but just change it to past tense, say You know, in the past, historically, in March, I've always gotten the flu, but thank the Lord, He redeems me from all curses and sickness. And this March, I'm going to stay free of all sickness and lay out in front of you how it should be. I'm getting ahead of myself in in the sermon, but let's keep reading. All right, so um, verse 8 A gossip's words are like choice food that goes down into one's innermost being gossip's words. You know, sometimes we think, oh, well, I want to hear it. I'm not going to repeat it, but yeah, tell me about it. And I'm not going to be a gossip. I'm not going to go tell it, but tell me about it. And you think it's not going to have an effect on you, but it does. See, much of the news is just gossip. That's all it is. There's nothing useful in it. There's no need that we should know that. It's just gossip. It's what a lot of the news cycle is. And if you think that you can just listen to gossip and it doesn't go down into your innermost being and it doesn't affect you, you're just wrong. Because it does affect you. It does what we listen to. The Word says faith comes by hearing. Well, I guess you can get faith for bad things too, right? I mean, call it doubt, but you're, you're believing that, yeah, I always get the flu in March. They just got done saying, how many people get flu in March? So here we go, see? See? So you're just getting faith for the bad, but actually, if we hear the word and hear what's good, we'll have faith for the things that God has put in front of us. Go over to James chapter three. We're talking about the tongue. In James chapter three, in verse two. And by the way, um, for our board, I don't know. Do we have the CSB? Um, that's what I'm gonna. I'm reading from the whole evening, so you can just stay in that. It's very, very similar to the Holman. Um, in fact, the, the, it is the Holman, just changed a little bit, so it'll read very similarly if we don't have it. Alright, in, uh, in verse 2, it says, For we all stumble in many ways. Is that all of us? Who, who can raise their hand and say, yep, that's been me. Okay, we've all stumbled in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, so now the subject matter is our words. If you don't stumble in what you say, if you don't stumble in your words, what? He is mature, able also to control the whole body. If you can just get a grip on your tongue, you'll be able to control your body. If you can just get a handle on this principle of, I'm going to speak the life and not the death over myself, then you can live in this principle Let's keep reading. He said, now if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we direct their whole bodies. And consider ships, though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. I'll just stop there for a moment because a lot of people, when they hear about the power of our words, and they hear that our tongue carries the power of life and death, and when they hear these things, they go, okay, um, okay, I'm going to start saying out the good things. and And Remember, all their life they've been saying, you know, I'm just poor, I'm just poor, and I don't ever have any money, and I never have enough money, and, and this I can't afford to even pay attention. You know, they're just going this direction. And suddenly they get a hold of the truth, and they go, oh, I'm going to put that into practice. Alright, thank you Lord, He makes me rich. He caused me to be rich. They're still going this direction. See, when a ship is going a direction, and the captain decides we're going to turn and it doesn't turn on a dime, does it? It takes a bit for that whole thing to slowly get turned around. And it doesn't just go that direction, the other direction immediately. First it has to swing all the way around and then more time and more effort. And he's still turning the steering wheel. He's still applying these words to his life. He's still believing for the wisdom of God to come and flow through him. And finally, finally, that ship is turned around and going the opposite direction. And just saying that you're a millionaire don't make you a millionaire. Don't misunderstand me. All right? It's if you say and believe. And the only way that you can believe is if you have Scripture or the Lord told you that this is what you should believe. That's where faith comes. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God. So you can't have faith outside of that. So let's keep reading here. So we're talking about the ship. Consider ships, verse 4. Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. And he is comparing this to the tongue and your body and your life. That you can guide your life and body with your tongue. So too, though the tongue is a small part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how a small fire sets ablaze a large forest. Although the tongue is a fire, the tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members. It stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. If you think your tongue isn't that bad, you've got, you need to think again. It's been set on fire from hell. It's been completely corrupted and it is only through the cleansing work of Jesus Christ, the sanctification of Jesus Christ, of a renewed mind that you get your tongue in operating and functioning in the method and way in which God wants your tongue to operate and function. You can't just expect, well, I got born again, so now my words are... No, it doesn't work that way. You have to actually put forth the effort. See, if your tongue could not be used in the good. If you were only bound to speak evil, your tongue's on fire from hell, so woe is me, what am I going to do? He wouldn't have said what He did up in verse 2, where if you can bridle your tongue, if you can control your tongue, you can control your whole body. And then in Ephesians 4.29, I'll just read it to you, it says, no foul language should come from your mouth, but only... Now, if we were unable to only give... I mean, if we were only able to give foul language, would have He told us that no foul language should come from our mouth? No. So clearly there's an alternative. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good. Someone say, what is good? For building up someone in need. So that it gives grace to those who hear. Now remember, what is grace? Grace is God's ability coming to help you. God doing something that you could not do by yourself or for yourself. Going beyond where you can in your natural own abilities. And your mouth, the tongue that God gave you, is able to do good and build someone up and give them what they need. Give them the ability of God in their time of need if they will hear. Colossians 4 6 says something very similar. Listen to this. Let your speech always be grace filled, be gracious. That means grace-filled. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how you should answer each person. If our tongue can be filled with God's ability and empowerment, then certainly we are not just bound to tongues that are on fire and on the way to hell. But if you let your tongue go and you don't have an unrenewed mind and you are not diligent in corralling it, and deliberately speaking out the Word of God, that is where you will end up, as far as the tongue. That's where the tongue ends up. It's just on fire with destruction. You know, one of the gauges that I always use in my, in my life, I've been able to use it ever since I got Spirit-filled, <clears throat> is it's like a barometer. My tongue is a barometer for how much time I've been spending with the Lord in, re- in the Word. Because when I get too busy, when I didn't have the time, yada, 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 right? Those things, suddenly I notice my language is a little more rough, a little more coarse, a little more, Oop, there's words in there, I forgot I knew those words, right? And so it's always been a barometer to me, and as soon as I see that, I go, oh, yep, I, I, I know exactly what's going on, and then you go right back, and you get before the Lord, and you get into the Word, and you renew your mind, and cleanse your tongue, And make it be full of grace of God. Let's go back to Proverbs 10. Is this good for anyone tonight? Let's go to verse 8 in chapter 10. A wise heart accepts commands, but foolish lips will be destroyed. Now, what are some of the marks of foolish lips? Be looking for this, because we're going to read again and again and again what the fool versus the wise And we know that the fool loves to air his own opinions. Well, maybe it's because they know a lot. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But I know there's a lot of people that have a lot of knowledge that are pretty foolish, right? Verse uh, 11, look at it. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Or the literal is the mouth of the wicked is filled with violence filled with violence isn't language an interesting thing you can you can say the same word but it depends how you say it the tone you use the volume you use it can mean completely different things you know the word hello or the word yeah can mean a lot of things other than just a straightforward yes yeah like you stupid person right I mean, there's so many things that just in tone, and so even in language, you can tell when someone is cursing you out, cussing you out, even when you don't understand their language. They're a foreigner to you, and they're giving you the what for, and you know exactly what that is because you understand the spirit of it. Even though you don't understand the words, right? And so this is, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked is just filled with violence. Verse 13, wisdom is found in the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of one who lacks sense. The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool hastens destruction, it invites it. Verse 17, the one who follows instruction is on the path to life, but the one who rejects correction goes astray. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. When there are many words, sin is unavoidable. But the one who controls his lips is prudent or wise. So where there are many words, sin is unavoidable. Have you ever met someone that has many words? You might have met him in the mirror already. Where there are many words, sin is unavoidable. The one who conceals hatred has lying lips. I'm sorry, verse 20. The tongue of the righteous is pure silver. The heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for lack of sense. Verse 31. The mouth of the righteous produces wisdom. So here we have the mouth of the righteous like pure silver. It feeds many. It, it produces wisdom. But the flip side of it, is a perverse tongue will be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is appropriate. See, the right time and place. That's the lips of the wise. But the mouth of the wicked, only what is perverse. Go over to chapter 11. We, we're going to go through lots of Proverbs. So we're just going to go through it. In verse 9, With his mouth the ungodly destroys his neighbor, but through knowledge the righteous are rescued. So with your mouth, you can destroy someone. You can cut them down. You can take from them. Verse 11, a city is built up by the blessing of the upright, but it is torn down by the mouth of the wicked. I mean, this has just played right out in our nation over the last four years. The mouth of the wicked, the media, the vile mainstream media, have, have operated with the mouth of the wicked and been destroying this whole nation. I truly think if we got rid of the media, we'd get rid of most of our problems. Where are we? Verse 12, Whoever shows contempt for his neighbor lacks sense, but a person with understanding keeps silent. Maybe I should just be quiet. Yeah, you should. Yeah, but I got this thing I want to tell him. A gossip goes around revealing a secret, but a trustworthy spirit keeps a confidence. Go to chapter 12, verse 13. By rebellious speech, an evil person is trapped, but a righteous person escapes from trouble. A person will be satisfied with the good by the fruit of his mouth, and the work of a person's hands will reward him. A fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is wise. So, you can be satisfied by the fruit of your mouth. What's the fruit of your mouth? It's your words that went out and brought something, created something. Develop something. Or you could be trapped by your words. Verse 18, there's one who speaks rashly like a piercing sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Speaks rashly. Not thinking about how their words, you know, that old saying that, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's not true. Words can be very, very hurtful, and we need to have the wisdom to not allow them to have that, impact on us. Right? You can choose what you pick up and lay down. You can't necessarily choose the hurt, but you can choose how you respond to it. Right? And so, when these things come, you know, some people, they like, I I heard someone describe it this way, that if you took Someone just took a bow and arrow and just started bam, 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 shooting arrows around in the room. You know, finally you look around, you know, because I just went off at the mouth and shot all these arrows everywhere. Now, when you finally ran out of arrows, you look around, everyone looks like a pincushion. And you can go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and pull the arrow out, but it doesn't fix the hole that you just made with that word. And so we have to get a hold of our tongue. You know, in in Proverbs, we're going to stay here in uh, Proverbs 12, but over in Proverbs 25, 11 and 12, it says, A word spoken at the right time is like gold apples in silver settings. It's valuable, a word spoken at the right time. A wise correction to a receptive ear is like a gold ring or an ornament of gold. See, the wise man is listening intelligently, listening. All right, in chapter 12, verse 25, anxiety in a person's heart weighs it down, but a good word does what? Cheers it up. A good word cheers you up. Proverbs 13, verse 2, from the fruit of his mouth, a person will enjoy good things, but treacherous people will have an appetite for violence. So your mouth, you can, if you don't like what you're experiencing, change what's coming out of your mouth. I'm reading to you the Word, and you can either believe it or not. But from the fruit of His mouth, a person will enjoy good things. And you say, well, I'm not experiencing good things. Well, then then, then it's not coming out of your mouth. There's a problem, a disconnect somewhere. It doesn't mean that everything that ever happens in your life happened because you spoke it out. Right? There are events and things that happen to you. But what are you going to do about it? Right? That's where it comes now deliberate use of your mouth and tongue. Verse 3 of chapter 13, the one who guards his mouth protects his life. If you guard your mouth, you protect your life. And the one who opens his lips invites his own ruin. Verse 14, a wise person's instruction is a fountain of life, turning people away from the snares of death. The wisdom of God flowing through your mouth can turn people from death. Proverbs 14, verse 3. The proud speech of a fool brings a rod of discipline, but the lips of the wise protect them. Your lips can protect you. Did you know that your lips can protect you from COVID? Your lips can protect you. Declare out the promises of God. And if you go, well, yeah, I did that and I got COVID. Well, don't stop. Now you declare the healing that He's provided for you. The deliverance He's promised you. Where were we, in 14? Alright, look in verse 7. Stay away from a foolish person. Stay away from a foolish person. So Now, I have news. If you're hitched to one in marriage, that doesn't mean you need to stay away from them, alright? So, everything in balance, okay? But otherwise... If you're not one with them, then maybe it would do you good to stay away from them. It says, you will gain no knowledge from his speech. Proverbs 15. See, here's what the wisdom of God will do in you. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Turns away anger. But a harsh word stirs up wrath. It's like it increases it. It went from anger to wrath now. A gentle answer can turn away anger, but a harsh word is meant salt in the wound, right? Verse 2 The tongue of the wise makes knowledge attractive, but the mouth of fools blurts out foolishness. Is the way you say something important? The wisdom of God can make what you have to say easy to be received. And you say, Well, I'm just telling them the truth. They need to hear the truth. Yeah. In love, there is a time for rebuke. There is a time for all of that. But our general mode of operation is going to be we're leaning on the side of love and grace and mercy and leniency for people. Not just cutting them down. You know, if I made you a brisket, some of you have had brisket that I made and enjoyed it, right? If I took all the time and I prepared this beautiful meal for you, made brisket, man, I mean, it has just the right amount of smoke, just the right, right, everything. Seasoning, I mean, like, this is, this is it. And then, and then my wife would make all the other fixings that go with it. I mean, the amazing beans and the potato salad, and I mean, this meal has a lot of preparation, a lot of effort has gone into this, and we come and you sit down in the chair, and we come and bring the brisket and shove it in your face. Would you enjoy it and receive it like if it was given in a good way to you? See, delivery can make just a huge difference between being able to receive something and not. (laughs) You know, if you're wearing half of the meal, you may not enjoy it as much as if you were able to feed yourself. So, what am I saying? What I'm saying to you is this. With enough of God's wisdom in us, we can say things that are deep calls to deep. We can lay things out and in a way and in a right the right time to where a person can take it and receive it. You know, I once I remember um, there was one of the leaders in in church. I had to give them a correction, and it wasn't a rebuke, but it was a correction. And we went through it, and and when we were done, they were like you know they were just they they I was really blessed by this because see I've I've plenty of times in my family I've given correction where I wasn't worried very much about whether you could receive this or not and just tell you how it is right and so in this case I remember my wife telling me and and the person when I was done because they were wise they thanked me for it they thanked me and said thank you for doing that and 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 thank you for for bringing this to me and my wife said to me you know that that was done so well that it's like you desire it. A person would desire that correction. And uh, I mean, I think she was hoping that now I would do this for her. And so that's what I, I, I am aiming for, right? Sometimes I don't hit the bullseye, but that's what I'm aiming for. Thank you for all your mercy to me, honey. All right, verse 3 in chapter 15. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He sees it. He knows it. Observing the wicked and the good. The tongue that heals is a tree of life. But a devious tongue breaks the spirit. So you have the power of life and death in your tongue. Verse 14. A discerning mind seeks knowledge. Seeks knowledge. It's looking for it. It's putting forth the effort to get it. But the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Verse 23. A person takes joy in giving an answer. In a timely word, how good that is. Verse 28, the mind of the righteous person thinks before answering. This is a big one. Think before answering. But the mouth of the wicked blurts out evil things without thinking. Go to chapter 16. Anyone with a wise heart, in verse 21, anyone with a wise heart is called discerning And pleasant speech increases learning. Verse 23, the heart of a wise person instructs his mouth. It adds learning to his speech. So if you're a wise person, you're going to instruct your mouth. You're going to take a hold of the reins. You've got a bit in your mouth. And you're going to be deliberate in what you say, and you're going to be just as deliberate in what you don't say. Verse 24, pleasant words are a honeycomb sweet to the taste And health to the body. Your words can be health to the body. Proverbs 17. I'm skipping over a whole bunch of them. I just want to hit some of these highlights. Proverbs 17 and verse 9. Whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about it separates friends. Verse 10. A rebuke cuts into a perceptive person more than a hundred lashes into a fool. Verse 27, the one who has knowledge restrains his words. He doesn't just let him run all willy-nilly. He restrains his words. And the one who keeps a cool head or a cool spirit is a person of understanding. You can keep a cool head in the matter. You're a person of understanding. Verse 28, even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent, discerning when he seals his lips. I think it was Abraham Lincoln that had said it better to remain silent than to be thought of. I'm sorry, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Something like that. Let's go to Proverbs 18, verse 13. The one who gives an answer before he listens, that is foolishness and a disgrace for him. Verse 20 From the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. You can be satisfied with what comes out of your mouth. The results of what comes out of your mouth. Satisfied. He is filled with the product of His lips. Someone say, I am filled with the product of my lips. And if you don't like what you're filled with, change the product of your lips. Verse 21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it, those who love it, not those who scoff at it, those who love it, Will eat its fruit. I love the power of the tongue. What if everything you said came to pass? Everything. Remember, there was years and years ago, probably, probably a movie that's not fit watching. It's been so long since I watched it, and I used to watch a bunch of movies that weren't fit watching. Um, there was one where a guy he couldn't lie anymore, and everything he said just happened. It came true, came to pass. What if that happened to you? What if you woke up one morning? just everything you said started taking place? Say, my tongue gives life. Tongue gives life. Worship team, you can come and I'm going to read some more Scriptures to you. Be listening. as Don't, don't allow them coming to their places to, be, to distract you. In Proverbs 21 and verse 23, it says, The one who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself out of trouble. You want to stay out of trouble? Guard your mouth and tongue. uh, Chapter 27, verse 2. Let another praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. Chapter 29, verse 11. A fool gives full vent to his anger. But a wise person holds it in check. See, a fool gives full vent. The the King James says it this way. A fool uttereth all his mind. (laughs) Nothing held back. The whole thing delivered. On. They went on and on and on and on and on. And after finally 20 minutes when they took a breath, I quickly interrupted them. You know, Have you ever had a conversation like that? Because I needed to go. The fool gives full vent. Tells all his mind. Proverbs 30, verse 32. If you have been foolish by exalting yourself, or if you've been scheming, or had evil thoughts, put your hand over your mouth. There's times that'd be good for us to do, right? You want to bite your tongue. Put your hand on your mouth. Don't say that. Don't say that. In, in the Passion Translation it says it this way if you've acted foolishly by drawing attention to yourself or if you've thought about saying something stupid you better shut your mouth <laughs> you know Proverbs tells us that we're to cry out to wisdom right? wisdom come to me that's what, that's what Proverbs tells us again and again cry out to wisdom then it says that wisdom cries out to us did you know what wisdom saying to us tonight? shut up! Wisdom answered. (laughs) Shut up. And we go, well, yeah, but isn't there a time that I should open my mouth? Yeah, and most of you don't have that problem. There are some that are guilty of not talking enough, absolutely. But most of us don't fall into that camp. Most of us tend to our flesh, let's just put it that way, flesh normally tends to err on the side of talking too much and saying things when they should not say them. As you know, it's, you become a lot more bold when you're irritated or when you're just straight up mad, right? You become a lot more bold and you say things that you wouldn't say when you're in a good mood. I'm speaking from experience just the other day to the manager of a dentist's office <laughs> so why do I say that? because it's in those moments is where we make the mistakes usually not always but when you have that boldness what they, I just gave them a piece of my mind well should have you Sometimes the answer is, yeah. Okay? So don't, don't understand me diff- wrong and go away going, oh, I can never speak when, when I'm irritated or angry. You can. You just discern with the Lord. Check with Him. Because His wisdom in you, even when you're angry, can open up doors and make a way. Especially when you operate in wisdom, like the whole soft answer turns away wrath situation. That's just God now coming and helping you. And the grace of God comes to play, at play, comes to bear in your situation. Stand with me. Let's say this together. I commit my tongue to speaking life. And Father, I ask your forgiveness. For the times where I've spoken death over myself or or others, I cancel these words in Jesus' name, and I speak life over myself, over my family, over my neighbor, yeah, that neighbor. Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit of wisdom is right here with us, inside of us, is being our teacher tonight. I ask you, Lord, to arrest us when we're speaking out words that are bringing death in the wrong places. Lord, I ask you to arrest us when we're not speaking words of life where we should be putting words of life. And give us wisdom in this. Help us to understand the right time to speak the right time to be silent father i ask you to arrest us when we begin to speak and we know we shouldn't that we put our hand over our mouth and you awaken us to this and we determine right now that we're going to grow in your wisdom in when we speak and when we don't speak and i thank you for your divine help in this in jesus name
1: Praise the Lord. One of the things that blesses us, look at all the flags on the walls. Amen. We're a church on the go. Two-thirds of God's name is Go. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Amen. A pastor and a group is going to head out. Any of you going with him? come on up right now. We want to pray for you before we kick you out. Jesus said go into all the world that's what it says in the uh, King James I think it's a very poor translation in that verse what he said was get <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> amen are you ready to get amen so, so Janelle Janelle Martin is going with us as well alright praise the Lord
1: why don't uh, amen can we move this guys praise the Lord Thank you, Lord Jesus. Karen, come on up. Your authority and mine in the store here, too. Jen, come and praise the Lord. Terry, why don't you come up? so many times you've been alone when I've gone on the adventures. I'm going to be very direct. Could someone go get Janelle? I hear she's downstairs. Oh, is she downstairs? Yeah, yeah. I uh, put your faith out there and belief for big things on this trip, miraculous things. Expect a miracle. Amen. I've had. some amazing things. And when I I listen to people and they catch that the Spirit of God, we impart more than knowledge. We want your doctrine to be right. You go preaching Jesus. Don't want you going preaching another gospel. We, but we got that down. We want to be able to be The mission field more than any other time, you know, you can't do this without miracles. It's too big. That's, right. and that's why we've seen the dead raised, blind eyes open, gangrene full of maggots, and the maggots disappear. Where'd they go? Belief for miracles. You go in the name of Jesus that means what would he do in your place be bold on this trip be bold and expect miracles because we're behind you aren't we Amen. amen let's stretch our hands towards this team as they go in the name of jesus authorized duly authorized in the name of jesus you got a word brother to Colorado, get on in on it. They need miracles. Duly authorized in the name of Jesus. Speaking the living word of God. Breaking chains of bondage and darkness. Bringing light to a dark, dark place. Bringing truth that sets men and women free, raising them out of the dirt and the dust and the ashes into glorious liberty and victory. Lord, let the words of their mouth be filled with life. Let the gifts of the spirit burst out of their spirit. Bring forth words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Bring forth working of miracles gifts of faith gifts of healing bring forth the confirmation of the word that is preached and as they preach lord we give you praise that you lord are working with them Uh, working with them in the name of jesus we bless you for that anointing father we bless you for that boldness Lord, you gave boldness when the apostles and disciples prayed for boldness. We pray for boldness. We pray to be bolder still. In the name of Jesus, bolder still. And we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. Lord, we just give you glory and honor and praise. So happy, Lord, to even make the assumptions of our safety because we're in your hand. So happy, Lord, we don't even have to talk about so much because we know you go with us. (laughs) And you bring us home safely. And we rejoice for it. We're better off. We're better off. We're blessed when we go. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a good God. Isn't He a good God? Amen. Amen. Now remember, the Bible said, Jesus said, when one goes astray, the shepherd goes out looking for that one. And when he comes back, everybody rejoices. Amen. So that means when they all come back, we're going to rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And it'll be good.
0: Amen. All right, worship. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. And I'll just give you um, the details. We leave on Tuesday, uh, the two girls and I. And then on um, Wednesday, John is leaving and going with Prophet Bob out to Colorado to our sister church. And they're going to have a week of meetings that run from one weekend through the next weekend. And going to be ministering every night there. And so keep them in prayer as well. And um, here in our pulpit, because God gives us His finest. We're going to have Apostle Dale minister the Word and, and have others. I'm not sure um, who all is going to be leading worship. Several here. Okay. So uh, come expecting to be a part. Amen. Amen. Praise God. something to me in my spirit that he wants me to tell you and to warn you and to prepare you for I heard him say on the inside that the shaking is is about to increase but I heard him say but the rock is not going to be shaken Mm -hmm. the rock will not be shaken and if we keep our feet firmly on the rock if we stay anchored to the rock no matter how shaky it gets around us we shall not be shaken either. So don't look to the wind and the waves. I heard that very clearly. Don't pay attention to the wind and the waves. Look to me, the rock, and I will sustain you. I don't know exactly in what capacity or where, but just giving that out to all of us, anyone listening by internet, you know, if things around you begin to shake, whether it's personal life or on a national level, we're going to look to the rock. We're going to look to the promise. We're going to look to Jesus, the author and finisher. He didn't just say the starter, the finisher of our faith, and he will see you through. Yes, sir. Well, Father, I thank you right now for your spirit of truth in this house. And on the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I cancel every attack and plan of the enemy against any of the people here today. You shall not go forward anymore against these people. And I cancel you and your work against them in Jesus' name. And I loose the peace and power of God upon you, the person upon your families, upon your people, upon your businesses in Jesus' name. Go in peace and succeed in all the Lord gives you to do. Who can say amen? Amen. 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 All right. Well, as you go, love on each other. We have a time of fellowship downstairs. Everyone is invited.
2: we are at Church of the Word International in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, fellowshipping together as the body of Christ. Are you not the most blessed people on the face of the earth? Amen. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, we give you thanks and praise, Lord Jesus. He's so worthy of our praise. And I'd love to encourage you in the word of God this morning, in our time of worship Mm. together from Psalms 33. What a great psalm. Mm. Rejoice in the Lord, O oh you righteous. Glory. Glory. Glory! Let's do it again. Rejoice in the Lord, O oh you righteous. Yeah. Yeah. Glory! For praise from the from the upright, God says is beautiful. Praise the Lord with a harp. Make melody to Him with an instrument of ten strings. Sing to Him a new song and play skillfully with a shout of joy. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loves righteousness and justice, and the earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap, and he lays up the deep in storehouses. Let the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on all those who fear him. That means you. On all those who hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. How our soul does wait on the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let, the, let his mercy, O oh Lord, be upon us just as we hope in you. Is your hope in the Lord? It's not in your circumstances. It's in the Lord. Let's stand together and let's thank the lord from our heart let's worship him tonight as family and give him all the praise and glory because he is truly worthy of it all amen
0: let's send the children to their children's uh, places and the the ministry workers to their places and while they go i'm just going to pray a blessing over them father i thank you for these children we call them blessed and mighty in the lord i thank you lord that your spirit rests within and upon these children and that you protect them all the days of their life father i ask you to give our teachers the word to speak give them the illustrations they need the way to make it simple and understandable in jesus name and everyone says amen Why don't you turn, greet someone, introduce yourself.
3: Well, good evening, everyone. I trust you're glad to be here. I give you time for one hug since we (laughs) went a little longer than usual. Well, we're glad you're here, whether you are or not. We hope you are. Do we have anyone that's here for the very first time? We'd like to welcome our guests, give you a hand. Well, over here, we've got some. Let's give them a hand. We're very glad you're with us tonight. Thank you for coming. Um, We have a card, an information card. I'm not sure where the ushers are. If they want to give one to them, then if you want to fill that out, you can just put it in the offering basket when it goes by. All right. Well, if you need cash envelope for your giving, you can raise your hand. Ushers will get one to you. If you're giving by credit card, do fill out all of the blanks. And we are going to obey the word and return the tithe to him. You know, when we do that, we demonstrate that there is a God and that we believe He is our source. You know, we don't return tithe to someone we don't believe in. You have to believe there is a God. And we certainly do believe that He exists and that He is our source. But you know, He's looking to bless you, He's looking to bless me. That's His heart. He needs an access point, and that's what tithing does it gives him a point of entry, of access. It says that we know this scripture very well, but in Malachi it says, you know, try me in this. Put me to the test and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you until there's no more need. So he's looking to do this for us. You know, in James uh, it says every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. And there's not even a hint or a shadow of turning from that every good every perfect gift he's looking to bless so i really that's what i wanted to bring out tonight is that god wants to bless you he's looking for an entry point he's looking for an access point point. and that's one of the things that that tithing does is give him that entryway turn to matthew 7 and i'm just going to read some scripture here in matthew 7 on him being a good father looking to give us good things let me tell you an illustration of this i can't read the scripture without thinking of this one memory in my life when i was probably 11 12 years old something like that um, one of the things that me and my best friend would often do is her mom would go get groceries and she'd drop us off at the mall and you know for the next two hours or whatever she took a long time and we would just get to roam the mall, no cell phone or anything like that, but we had a watch, you know, be at this entrance point by such and such time and just let us go, okay? So it happened, and one evening at the supper table after, you know, that had happened that day, we were just all talking, and I was just saying how, yeah, I, went, I was at the mall with Angie, but she got an Auntie Ann's pretzel, and I didn't because I didn't have, I had, you know, well, just short of the amount that I needed. And I wasn't really complaining about it. I was just saying it. And my dad said, what? He said, you got to be kidding. Ain't no daughter of mine going to be able to buy an Auntie Anne's pretzel if she wants one. And he gets out of his chair. He reaches in his billfold, and he pulls out a $100 bill and gives me this $100 bill. I mean, I had never owned one before. I was, like, Shocked and overwhelmed. And, you know, I knew dad was generous, but I was, it was unexpected. It was above and beyond what I thought, you know, like a 20 would have amazed me. Now I'm going to read these scriptures in, in Matthew seven. You'll see why I, I brought that out. Uh, Matthew seven, verse seven says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? See, who would do that? You know, Kelly, Sammy comes and wants a snack, and you go, here, here's some gravel. (laughs) You know, we wouldn't do that. Or if he asked for a fish, would give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, in other words, we're flawed, we're not, we're not God, we got we got a sin nature, a flesh nature. Know how to give good gifts to your children. See, did my dad know how to give a good gift? Yeah, he did. He really did. But now catch this. How much more will your heavenly your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So he's wanting to bless you. He really does. He is so good, he wants to get his goodness across to you. But what it say here, it says, you know, you need to pursue. You need to seek. You need to ask, you know. And so our part is to put ourselves in a position where he can bless you. So we have a part to play. But I just wanted to bring that out tonight, that he wants to bless you. He's looking for that entry point. He's looking for that um, access to, to get his goodness across to us. So let's obey the word. Let's return the tithe and believe that he wants you to walk in blessing. All right, let's pray. Father, we're so grateful to you. We're so so glad that you love us and that your heart is to bless us, that you're for us in everything. And so we just present you the tithes as part of our worship. We acknowledge you as our source. And, Lord, we thank you in advance for every. Provision that you're bringing. We thank you, the Lord, that you are bringing answers to those that need them here. And we are just so thankful that we can count on you and rely on you in all these things. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people will return it to the Lord. Tomorrow morning we've got City Gate, Columbia, and we are looking for some volunteers to go out with the team. So, if, do you want them to sign up or just talk to you? Either or. Either or. There is a sign-up sheet in the back, or you can talk to Karen Burroughs if you can go out. As of right now, we have no one signed up. <laughs> oh, we do? Okay. Well, if you'd like to go, I'm sure that the Lord would love to minister through you to the people of Columbia. So, uh, if you feel like you could be a part of that, talk to Karen or sign up. Tomorrow night is Youth and Young Adults here at the church at six we have the ladies breakfast coming up october sixteenth eight thirty in the morning uh... there's a sign up sheet in the back we do set a place for every name that's on the paper so if you want to be there please put your name down one thing that is not on the bulletin that i'm going to mention um, how many of you know of the free pa meetings that take place twice a month so twice a month the the second two, uh, Thursday and the fourth Thursday of every month um, there are meetings a free PA organization that Tabitha shoot I don't know her last name I'm sorry Tabitha are you here by any chance? because I was okay well there's an event coming up that I just wanted to make everyone aware of um, Captain Seth Keschel if any of you have heard of him he is a former US Army Intelligence Captain um, he's an election data expert. And he's worked with Michael uh, Flynn. And he's going to be our event speaker on October 14th. And so you can get those tickets through Eventbrite. Um, if anyone is interested in that, I can definitely get you more information. But you can also go to FreePA's website and see that there. But they are, it's a limited, or it's um, a, it is a ticketed event because he is a national speaker. So I just want to make everyone aware of that, that that's coming up and it's going to be awesome. So and that's on October 14th. So, all right. Prepare your heart to hear words of life from the book of life <laughs> to implement into your life. Amen?
0: Yeah. Amen. Also, as an announcement, um, Larry and Karen have been having more excitement than they care to have in this last week. And uh, Karen had um, experienced a stroke of some sort and kind, or that's what last I heard. And um, that she, uh, but but she's doing better and she's going to rehab and, and all of that. That being said, um, Larry has been unable to take care of You know, the bushes and the stuff around their house. Now, you know, Larry for years took care of the bushes and shrubs here at church. I mean, he he faithfully did that for year after year, and so we're real grateful to him to do that. But he called me the other day, and he was like, well, now that Karen is is laid up currently, um, he wanted to know if he could hire uh, my boys to come and do some work there. And, well, my boys are, are... Going to be leaving this week. I'll be leaving as well. I'll be uh, going to the Middle East with some of the others. I'm not sure if they're in here tonight or not. Here's one of them. And um, but anyway, uh, Larry said. So I told Larry. I said, "Well, I'm sorry. I uh, th- they can't do it. But what I'll do is let all of you know an opportunity to serve the Lord." And he was like, "Well, we'll pay him. We'll pay him." But you know. I'm just going to put it out there. If any of you um, have it in your heart to go over there and help me. What he mentioned was some shrubs need trimmed. And he mentioned some other things that had more to do with, uh, uh, you know, landscape care than just mowing the yard. Oh, well, hallelujah. (laughs) Ask and you shall receive. That's fast. See how how that works? (laughs) All right. God bless you, whoever has uh, stepped into that need.